Um, I'm saying good morning to you because uh, I'm in England. Sunny Formby near Liverpool. Liverpool who beat Tottenham Hotspur last night, which is why I've got a bounce in my voice and I'm feeling really, really good. Um, <clears throat> rock on Manchester United supporters or anybody else. Um, this is the last Rich M webinar of this year and I'm thoroughly delighted that this is a platform that's going to be led by Sonny um, and the professional women's group. This group uh, remains the only active professional women's group among the international chambers, the first to be established, um, and in spite of all the challenges this year, have managed to put on a brilliant range, lots of diversification of topics uh, of interest that still provide opportunities for personal development for everybody. Thanks very much, Sonny. But Sonny, without the support of the uh, very, very substantial, um, very, very active uh, female uh, community in Indonesia, of course, none of this would have been possible. So to everybody that's on this webinar, thank you for being a great friend of Britcham during the course of 2020, a year that's been a very, very odd year to say the least. Um, and we look forward to being your reliable partner as you develop your own businesses, um, your own careers during the course of 2021, a year which with the vaccine having first been used in the UK a week or so ago, uh, we, I think, have the right to regard 2021 and look forward with the glass half full. Let's hope so. Um, Cory, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, very special occasion. Um, uh, I, I know that everybody is looking forward to hearing your words of wisdom and I'm sure there'll be plenty of guidance to go with that optimism so that people can add practical tools to how they approach their, their businesses and their own personal development next year. Um, I think for me that's, that's all I'd like to say. Uh, once again, thank you to Sonny, uh, thank you to all of you for joining us, not just for this one but throughout the year. And once again, we look forward to being your reliable partner in business development during 2021. With that, to Santa's elf, as she calls herself, um, with that wonderful Merry Christmas hat, um, I'd just like to wish everybody that's celebrating Christmas a very, very happy Christmas, wherever you are in the world. Uh, may it be one of reunion. Um, may it be one that keeps you uh, that you approach with practicality and keeps you safe as well. If you're not celebrating Christmas, then for the new year, I wish you all the very, very best indeed and look forward to perhaps slightly more normal times towards the end of the first quarter or beyond next year. Thanks a lot. Sonny, over to you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, hello, everybody, and thank you so much again for uh, joining us today. As Chris mentioned, uh, the Professional Women Group is the only women's chamber in all the European chambers in Jakarta. And so we have been really grateful to the British Chamber for uh, uh, starting this chapter of this group 10 years ago. I've been involved with the group since the time that it was set up. And it's hard to believe that it's been a decade of uh, events and webinars and networking. And our group's aim is to connect and elevate women in business. And today, again, thanks to Chris, we have allowed the men to join us 
because we thought that this topic is relevant to everyone. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, I see that there are a lot of new signups. I hope that you will continue to join our events in 2021. Please feel free to get in touch with me or the team uh, for next year's events. We normally do an event once in two months and it's always in the evening from four to five or four to 6 p.m. And I look forward to the day in 2021 where we can actually have an on offline event face to face because that is where we get our true energy and you, know, you will see the spirit of our group. So we have a wonderful uh, community and we've been really grateful that for the last 10 years, most of them are still faithful and still members of BridgeCham till today. And we've had the uh, privilege of having some really wonderful speakers from all over the world. And since, the, uh, since we are doing online webinars, we decided to go global. And today's speaker, Corey, is actually joining us from London. And I found Corey a couple of months ago by pure coincidence on the Internations platform when there was a webinar on exactly the same topic. And it was very timely for me because a couple of months ago, I was pretty down and wondering what is happening. You know, there's no difference in this COVID situation. I was having a hard time at work and I was also pretty hard on myself. And so when I listened to Corey, I was like, oh my God, you know, because it's often easy to support and be encouraging to other people, but it's not that easy to support and encourage yourself. And I realized that I had forgotten to do that. And so I thought, this is December, it's the time for giving and sharing. This would be a wonderful topic for us to end this year. And I hope we will all start 2021 on a very positive note, because I think it's very important to um, review how it is that we speak to ourselves and to carry this forward for the next year. And I'm sure that this will help us to set some wonderful goals in the coming year. Yeah, so let me introduce Corey. Uh, Corey is uh, an all around certified life coach specializing in relationships and divorce. And she has helped hundreds of clients in facing their inner narrative and focusing on small changes to create big outcomes. And she's originally from New York, but now she's living in London. And with over 30 years of Buddhist leadership, she's a qualified coach, mentor, anger management specialist, and relationship coach. When I heard Corey, she really resonated with all the values and everything that I believe in. And I hope that it will be the same for all of us here today. Thank you and please enjoy and please keep yourselves muted while the presentation is going on, while Corey is speaking. But after that, we will have room and time for Q&A. Thank you, and over to you, Corey. Unmute myself, here I am. Thank you very much, Sonny, for inviting me to do this. And I'm really excited about talking to you today. You seem like a fabulous group. Sounds like you've been doing a lot of work on yourselves this year, which is brilliant. So um, as Sonny said, I'm a, 
a life coach specializing in divorce and breakup and relationships. And, you know, as a business group, I was thinking, well, is this relevant? And yes, it is, because uh, the reason I started my business was really because of my divorce. And the reason I became a life coach was partly because of my divorce and the experience it gave me in elevating my life and elevating my energy and becoming the person I am now. And I'm a person who feels that it's really important to continue growing. I had my 64th birthday in October and I'm more excited about life than ever. And I see that time is precious and short. So don't wait to become the person that you want to become is my advice to you. And, you know, I've had, I've been fortunate. I've had lots and lots of coaching and mentoring throughout my life, both through my life as a Buddhist and in my leadership role with that but also in building my own business with a health and beauty company. So I'm gonna, that's a little bit about me. Um, so what I wanna tell you is that your, your life, the way you frame your life is through a lens. You have a story that you've been telling yourself and it's either a story of scarcity or a, st a story of abundance. And you can choose which way you, you uh, point yourself. So I chose to call this talk, Rewrite Your Story, The Power of Language. And it's rewrite your personal story because there's no other you. And this is great. So if you're thinking it's not so great to be you, I urge you to change your language. So this is really about the words you choose, describing where and who you are. And this is something we do in the little micro moments throughout our day. It's the narrative in our head. It's the way we talk to each other, talk to ourselves, talk about ourselves to other people. And this can affect our job, our health and our relationships. So let's start with where you are now. And I'm gonna give you a premise that you have a story in your mind and in some way it's keeping you stuck. So there's the version you're telling yourself of who you are now. And then there's this other version of you that in the future, although it's not really the future, already exists. The person, the more, more expanded version of yourself, the more fully you version of you that exists. And so this is about bridging the gap from where you, you are now the way, or where you think you are and the person you really are. So who you are, and this is about reframing what you have or have not done. And, and most people, to be honest with you, focus on what they've not done. So today I'm gonna to give you one tool, and this is a series of four talks, but I'm gonna give you one tool to rewrite your story and your lens on the world. So looking back at my life, there were three pivotal moments in my life which enabled me to rewrite my story and all of them involved relationships. And as you will know and understand, relationships are important, whether it's the relationship with your family or your partner or your friends or the people you work alongside. So the three pivotal moments for me were number one, my parents' divorce when I was about 10 years old, a breakup in a relationship, which led me to practicing Buddhism 33 years ago, and a divorce, which led me to building a social marketing business. 
And all three of these events were incredibly painful. But through that pain, I chose, and this is a really important word, I chose to seek answers. And I'm incredibly grateful for these events because they've made me the person I am now. And I love her a whole lot more. So this is principle number one for you. And I hope you have a pen and paper. Principle number one is pain can either cause you to seek solutions or to remain stuck. You get to choose. I'll repeat that. Pain can either cause you to seek solutions or remain stuck. You get to choose. So I'll, for me, the first pivotal moment was my parents' divorce. And it was a shock. And so I wanted to prove myself. So I did well in school because I wanted to be loved. I became a seeker. I became interested in, you know, what's life, what's it all about? What's life all about? I developed empathy through that, through that difficult time. But I also had some rough times where I became quite druggy. I squandered my education, which my parents paid a lot of money for. And I was, I was young, I was in pain and I didn't make wise choices because I didn't have the tools, the tools which I've gotten through mentorship and coaching. The second painful experience was the breakup of a relationship. I was a professional singer. I was on tour with a rock band. I fell in love with someone. When the tour ended, it broke up. And it was, this was like in my mind, although I now looking back, I know it wasn't true. This person was the love of my life. But that caused me, even though I'd been toying with the idea of practicing Buddhism and not doing it, it prompted me to look at it more closely. And I chose a spiritual practice and now I've been doing it for 32 years, has completely transformed my life. And the third pivotal experience, and this is of course the most recent and the most profound was my divorce. So my divorce was really challenging. Divorce is challenging. Anyone who's been through it will know that it is a real reinvention. That's when I started digging into personal development. I started my own business because there was a financial imperative and I started really rigorously going into personal development. I had a coach. I was involved in um, group coaching. I had a personal coach. I threw myself into my spiritual practice. I was reading like crazy and I deepened my understanding of how powerful our minds are. And if I could say one thing to you, I would say that there is nothing more important for your business than growing your mindset, your heart, and just becoming the best version of you. And so I understood at that time that the biggest and best investment I could make was in my personal growth. Now you could call this luck that I happened to meet the right people at the right time, but what I've realized, and I think this statement is a Jim Rohn statement, I can't remember who said it, maybe it was Zig Ziglar, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I had just enough confidence to dive in and making uncomfortable choices. So maybe you're feeling great, maybe you're in pain, but you have a choice. Wherever you are right now, excuse me, my eye is itching. 
I wonder what that means. So maybe you have a choice. You can change or you can remain. You can change something or you can stay where you are. You can stay stuck. It's interesting um, when Chris was talking about this year, because actually for me, 2020 has been one of the best years of my life because it's enabled me to really dig deep. It's given me time to time when I might've been commuting or running around London to spend a bit more time with myself, a bit more time on my personal development, a bit more time with my family, a bit more focused time on my business, but not just, you know, the, the, the sort of income producing activity, but the, the stuff behind the scenes that goes on to build me into the person I am. <clears throat> so this brings me to principle number two. It's the effort to look for the upside that turns you into a solution focused person. So again, I'll repeat, it's the effort to look for the upside. So it's the actual making the effort to look for the upside that turns you into solution focused person. So right now, before we go into language, I want you to do a very, 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 very brief self audit. Okay, so I want you to get your paper out. And this is something that coaches do. If you've worked with a coach, you will know that this is something people regularly do in their life to see where they are in the different domains. And, you know, I've, I've reduced this to five domains just for the purposes of today that you have in your life. And they are, and I will pop them in the chat if I can, because that will make your life much easier. Hang on. Copy and paste. Here we go. No, that's not working. Let me try again. Here we go. Copy and paste. Sorry about this. This gives you a little brain break. So it's all good. Copy and paste. Ooh, the sun's really coming out. There we go. So these five domains, I want you to give yourself a score from one to 10 on where you are in these five domains. While I have a sip of tea and then I'll tell you a bit more about them. So livelihood and lifestyle would be your career, money, home, style, the space you're living in, your possessions, your business role. Okay, so livelihood and lifestyle. Number two, body and wellness would be fitness, food, relaxation, mental health, sensuality, and movement. Number three would be creativity and learning, artistic and self-expression, interests, education, learning, and hobbies. Number four, fairly self-explanatory relationships and society. So that could be romance, friendships, family, contribution, collaboration, community, such as this fabulous community you've built here, causes, impact, humanitarian. And then you have essence and spirituality, which is your inner self, your truth, your intuition, your faith, and your practice. And when I did this audit on myself, what I found was really interesting. 
I am, I've been a professional singer in my younger years and I'm also a songwriter. So I'm a very, very creative person. I would say creativity um, naturally is one of my stronger domains. But when I did this self audit, I could see that I was around a two on my cre creativity, which was really ironic. And so as soon as I started adding creativity into what I was doing, boom, everything started to feel better. And when you feel better, you have better results. This is just a fact. When you feel better, your results are better because you're in a different energetic state. So I hope you've done that. And I hope that's given you a bit of a light bulb. But I want you, so I want you to entertain this idea. And probably if you've been doing personal development all year, you probably know this, so I'm gonna move around because the sun is really coming in through the window now, um, which is great. Get the vitamin D coming in. Principle three, where you are today is a result of the choices you've made up to now. I hope you see that as fact. Where you are today is a result of the choices you've made up to now. Now, of course we know stuff happens you know, you're born into different families with different levels of opportunity, you know, but you're on this call. So you've made a choice to be on this call. That's already a step forward. So it's our response to circumstances, the choices we make in response to our circumstances that have an impact on our lives. And I would argue that it's your mind that's keeping you stuck. You stuck. Okay. It's your habits of thought, the thoughts that sneak in and sabotage you that are dripping into your self-belief and corroding your self-worth. And this is what I call your narrative. So having just done that exercise, choose an area that's most important just for the sake of this, this chat, which is afternoon for you, morning for me. And I want you to suspend all disbelief and ask yourself, what would you really want if there was nothing in your way, what would you really want? So you choose where to set your standards. You choose where to set your intentions. You have a belief about what's possible. You have a level of desire towards that and you have a level of action. So this is about your energy and your emotion. What would it feel like? Your vitality, your passion, all that. And energy and emotion is a whole nother topic. That's another talk, okay? Big, big, big area of coaching. So looking back to my big life events, my desire was to get out of pain, right? So I could choose, I had a choice of toxic, or non-toxic ways of getting out of pain, destructive or constructive. So in my early days, I became a pothead and a party girl. You know, I was always going for the, the you know, the, the numbing. Later, the choices I made, thanks to my spiritual practice, were healthy choices. So change is motivated by either, the, you're willing to change either to have a better life, so that's moving toward or to get out of pain. So if you think of that thing right now that you wanna change, how much do you want it? 
How much do you believe it's possible? And what action are you going to take? So how much do you want it? That's your desire. How much do you believe it's possible? That's your faith, your belief. And then there's action. And most importantly, why do you want that? Why? What's it going to give you? Do you want to prove yourself? Do you want to help others? Do you want to feel safe? And are you moving towards something like a great, abundant, fabulous, successful life, business, relationship, uh, family, giving, all that? Or are you moving away from pain? I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to see other people in the world suffer. So principle three is this. Belief, desire, and action when combined with your why, why are you doing this, are powerful. Without your why, you will stop moving forward. You'll, you'll stop the moving toward or moving away from. And so this is something you really need to keep revisiting. And there's a great video, Simon Sinek, The Power of Why. And, and that can apply to you personally or the reason your business exists. And that's, again, another area. So looking back again at my divorce, I believe I, my divorce, I believed I'd be okay on my own. I wanted to move away from pain and I had to take action to build my life. Belief, I would be okay on my own. Desire, move away from pain. Action, rebuild my life. Why? Because I was really, really unhappy. So you are either moving forwards or you're moving backwards. You, there's no such thing as standing still. That is an illusion. And in this thing of moving forwards or backwards, there are runners, walkers, and stoppers. So which are you? Runners have a high level of desire, high level of action or activity. They build their faith and it's like an athlete. It's a muscle you build. You, don't, you might not start out being a runner. You might develop into a runner. Then you have the walkers, the settlers, the plotters. Now, some would argue, you know, tortoise or the hare, that tortoises still get there. And I think that's fine, but it's up to you how quickly you want to create the desired result in your business. And then there are the stoppers, the people who give up. So what's your identity and how are you going to rewrite your story? So the tool that I'm going to talk about now, and it's one very effective tool, which is how you speak about yourself. And this is important because your subconscious mind believes you. Whatever you say, your subconscious mind believes you and will autopilot you in that direction. So I have a, a subheading for this rewriting your story and it's called the seven deadly sins of self-talk. So this is all about empowerment. This is about using empowering language versus victim language. And when I first heard this, I found it really difficult. It takes practice. It takes vigilance. It takes consistent repetition. It's not something that you will necessarily master over, overnight. But if you stick with it, I promise you it will make significant changes. So I'm going to just tell you a little bit about these. 
So number one is the phrase, I can't. And this, you know, Henry Ford famously said, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. So I'll give you an example. I can't take any more. I can't take 2020. I can't stay with him. I can't stay with her. I can never get my work done. I can't get ahead of this. I would just drop that from your vocabulary. Just drop it. When you hear that, I can't, ding, 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 ding. You need to drop it. Another one is I should, shouldn't. So this is about external rules and self-imposed rules as well. I should get up earlier. Well, why should you get up earlier? I'm getting up earlier is very different from I should get up earlier because either you're getting up earlier or you're not, but telling yourself you should has already, you've already told yourself something negative about yourself. You're, you've already create, created a disconnect from that person, that future version of you, that quantum version of you, the, the you that already exists and the you that's here. You've created a disconnect instead of building a bridge to that person you're becoming. So I'm someone who gets up early. I should go visit my friend. She's not very happy at the moment. Well, do you want to visit your friend or do you not want to visit your friend? You want to because you want to give from your heart, you want to support that friend or you should because you're going to feel guilty if you don't. And how does that feel? You know, of course, sometimes we fulfill obligation to our families. But what if you said, I'm doing this because it feels good to do this for someone else rather than I should. Number three is I need, I need more friends. I need more clients. I need more business. Now, what's the problem with I need? It's true, you know, we all need more clients. We all need more business, of course we do, but I need, emphasizes the lack and this is a problem because rather than emphasizing the lack you could be saying to your subconscious mind my business is growing because it might not feel like it's growing in that moment but if you're instilling the belief that it is growing, even when you can't see it, you've already stepped into that expanded version of yourself. So more powerful would be, I am building a fabulous business. I have lots of friends. And if you can't stretch to that, there's something called an affirmation. So instead of I need more friends, why do I always meet the nicest people? Why do I always attract the best clients? Why are all these fabulous things coming into my life? So that was number three of the seven deadly sins. Then number four is I have to. I have to go to my job. I have to be there on time. What about this instead? I choose to go to my job because it pays my bills or I have an agreement with my employer or I'm there to serve 
the people I'm employed by because I have to immediately put you into a victim frame. I have to do this. I have to make 20 phone calls today. What about, I'm gonna make 20 phone calls today. Can you feel the difference? I have to make 20 phone calls today. I'm gonna to make 20 phone calls today. Feels completely different. Say it to yourself now. Number five, I am trying. And there's a really, really famous Star Wars clip, which I encourage you to look up with Yoda, where he says, do or do not, there is no try. Do or do not, there is no try. So if I say to you, I'm trying to learn Spanish, what does that mean? I'm either learning Spanish or I'm not learning Spanish. I'm either doing the studying, having the conversations, building my vocabulary, or I'm not. I'm trying, I'm trying to build my business. I'm trying to create a happy life. What about, I am creating a happy life. I am creating a happy life. Immediate energy shift. And then this is a really, this is one I really love. He or she made me feel. This morning, someone sent me a text that says, said, she makes me feel like I'm not a good enough leader. Well, how did she do that? She made you feel that way. If you felt you were a good enough leader, no one could make you feel that way. You choose to feel that way in response to something someone said. No one can make you feel some way. So this goes back to, you know, when you can't control what's happening, challenge yourself con to control the way you respond to what's happening. That's where your power is. If you, if some, if you think someone's making you feel a certain way, you need to look at where you're colluding in that. Because if you're really confident and you believe in yourself, or I should say to you, when you're really confident and you believe yourself, see another language distinction, these things will bother you less. Now, I'm not saying if someone has a valid criticism, you shouldn't listen to it. If someone has a criticism, you can listen with an open heart and say, does that fit? Does that not fit? Of course. I'm not saying be uh, completely impervious to um, constructive feedback, let's call it. Okay, but it's, just, it's not about it making you feel a certain way. So number seven is I am followed by a negative adjective. So I am too sensitive. My parents told me, why are you so sensitive? You're too sensitive. And that made me feel like I had to hide my sensitivity. Now, do you think that's a constructive thing to say to a child so that for the rest of her life, although not for the rest of my life because I've, trans I've transformed it, potentially there's this label that is 
actually there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. It's a great quality, but that someone could be too sensitive, it's not helpful. Or, you know, introverts that might say about themselves, I'm too shy. I actually think introversion is an incredible quality. These are the sensitive, deep thinkers of the world. We desperately need introverts. Or I'm too clumsy. You walk around the house and say to yourself 10 times, I'm too clumsy and see what happens in the next 15 minutes. So for me, another limiting I am was I'm too old. So I started my business at 57. I don't even think about it now. The, the too old part comes into it in, in for me and wow, I've got, you know, maximum X number of years left. You know, that's not about being too old. That's like TikTok, get on with it, kick your own butt, you know? So I'm too old. I hear this a lot in, in my, you know, my coaching, obviously working with people who are coming out of relationships. I decided to divorce at 57. I could have just crawled under a rock and died, but I chose not to. I chose a different narrative. And I remember for several years after that, this narrative, I'm too old, I'm too old, I'm too old. I honestly seldom give it a thought now is with regards to relationships or business because it's, it's just not valuable. Chuck it out. So um, I'm going to give you a bonus one. This is number eight, okay? So, and if you, this is about self-talk again, there are these deeper layers where we use metaphors. So I'm being torn apart. I feel like I'm dying. I feel like I've been run over by a truck. Now I know, I really understand we like to use colorful language. I use it myself. It's really good when you're writing, maybe you're blogging, maybe you're you know, talking to your ideal client on social media, that kind of thing. But I remember being at, at a personal development seminar once and I said to the, I asked the question, my heart's been broken, what do I do about it? And the guy on the stage said, is your heart broken? Is it literally broken? And I thought, ooh, that's a bit harsh. But actually he was right because your brain believes you. Your brain believes you when you say these things. I'm being torn apart. You tell that to your body and you will feel it. If you tell your body, if you tell yourself, I'm healing, it's a very different energy. So be careful of the metaphors you use. And, you know, I, I realize it is, it's possibly challenging to chuck these out. I'm not suggesting you have like a, a, a brain transplant and just become a completely different person. But dramatic language, dramatic negative language can definitely keep you stuck in the victim mentality. And I'm pretty sure you don't want this. So before we move on to the question and answer or whatever, um, you know, I will tell you that I do uh, personal development coaching. If you feel that you want to dig deeper, this is a shout out doing an open advertisement for myself, come on a free call, 
let's have a conversation. I know how much coaching has helped me. If you feel that what I've said resonates with you and you want to dig deeper, obviously I'm going to try and help you the best I can on this call, but this call is finite. And I believe that when that, you know, there will be something that you need to find that's holding you back. So let's have that conversation. Um, and I always do you know, individual, I don't do limitless free coaching sessions, but I always aim to have a conversation with at least five people who are in the room. Um, and that's it really. Um, actually, I did have a quote I wanted to end on and I didn't bring it with me. So I'm gonna go get it. I hope you don't mind, but I'm gonna get up and get this quote because uh, let's see, where is it? I just think it's too good to miss if I can find the book. So you get to take a break, you get to take a sip of your tea. Hi everyone, we'll be opening up for Q&A after this. So do take this time also to think if you have any questions, you can feel free to write it on the chat. Or, um, you know, uh, if we have time, we may open up and allow some of you to actually speak online, but we will see how we go with the time. Thank you. Ah, found it. Went all the way upstairs. Now you see, this is really interesting, isn't it? I could be telling myself a narrative here of, oh, Corey, you know, you're so stupid. Why did you forget that? Oh, you're so disorganized, blah, 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 blah. But no, all that's happened is I forgot to bring the book down the stairs with me. <laughs> it's all that's happened. So I will find this fabulous quote. Okay, so I love this quote and it's really worth getting the book for this. So it's, there's something called your zone of genius. And, and really part of your, your mission in life is to find your zone of genius. So this is the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Don't know if you've read it. Liberating and expressing your natural genius is your ultimate path to success and life satisfaction. Your zone of genius is the set of activities you are uniquely suited to do. They draw upon your special gifts and strengths. Your zone of genius beckons you with increasingly strong calls as you go through your life. By age 40, many of us have tuned out the call to genius and are getting loud, repeated alarms in the form, hidden in the form of depression, illness, injuries, and relationship conflict. These alarms are reminding us to spend more time feeding our natural genius and letting it do its magic in the world. So that is, I think, a wonderful way to end. Right. So I can't wait to answer your questions. I'm just going to close the curtains. This is so funny working from home, isn't it? You get to just... Um... Thank you so much, Corey. That was really uh, wonderful. And... Uh... We really, uh, you know, as I said, I've listened to this before, but I always pick up some gems of wisdom every time I listen to you. And thank you so much, you know. And I think the thing that touched me most about you is that you are really, uh, truly yourself. 
you are uh, you know vulnerable and you share from your personal experience and i think that is a quality that is not uh, not everyone possesses so thank you so much and i hope that it has brought some value to all our participants today and we have two questions and one of them is from uh, Saleh, Anna Saleh, and she's saying that sounding smart and professional is very ideal, but how do we perceive sarcasm, sarcastic statements, especially in professional environment? Is it still understood as the highest form of intelligence to be sarcastic? Does sarcasm increase creativity for both the expressors as well as the recipients at work. Okay, that's an interesting question. Yes. So it would be, it would is it possible to get the person who asks the questions up on the screen? Um, because I, I'm not sure whether she's online. Um, Asti, is okay, she online? Okay. So really, I mean, sarcasm, sarcasm. If it's cutting and if it's dimi diminishing, I think that pretty much everyone would agree. It's, it doesn't create value. So in my practice, uh, the, the, the main aim is respect for the dignity of life. And I know that's gonna sound a bit deep for, for this kind of seminar, but anything which undermines or denigrates is not gonna be helpful. And people receive sarcasm differently. Um, you know, teasing is different from sarcasm. But you have you have to be sure that the person you are saying it to likes that. So I have a really close friend in the UK who um, who doesn't like teasing. She just doesn't like it. She finds it undermining. So I respect her. Um, as far as what to do about it in your work environment, I'm not absolutely sure that you can you can't impose on someone else how they're going to behave you know, you, you're the one who needs to become impervious to it. You're the one who needs to become bulletproof. So one of the things you might try is um, imagining that you're, that you have a sort of um, bulletproof shield around you. And when people say these things, it just bounces, bounces off it. Um, and don't collude in it. If you don't like it, don't get involved. Or the next step, depending, you know, I know work can be hierarchical, right? So the next step is to pull the person aside and say, when you speak in this way, I feel. That's not saying the person should or shouldn't. That's just saying, I feel hurt when you say that. I feel diminished when you speak to me like that. Does that make sense? So Sonny, I'm going to have to rely on you because I'm not usually when I coach people on these calls, I speak to them directly because so I, I have no way of knowing whether that's hit the mark or not. Thank you, Corey. Yes. Um, next, we have Koglia Balakrishnan from the University of Warwick, and he's asking when you are telling or sharing your story, how do we know others are not judging us? Oh, I love this question. I love it so much. If someone's judging you, 
Is that your problem or their problem? <laughs> and, and where will it get you to hide who you are? And do you think everyone's gonna like you? I mean, not everyone on this call is gonna like me. So your job is to get to a place where you love yourself so much in a good way. I don't mean in a conceited way where you really believe in yourself, you trust yourself, you trust your authenticity, you trust your story. Your story is powerful. Your story is powerful if you make it so. <clears throat> Sorry, it's morning here. So I'm not used to speaking in the morning so much. So your story is important because someone is gonna connect with your story. It's gonna really change someone's life. So own your story. That's where your vulnerability is. People love vulnerability. People love authenticity. And if someone judges you, I'm sorry, more fool them, truly. Now it's different if your story is being told from a victim mentality, like a poor me, that's not telling your story in an empowered way. So how you tell your story is important too, really important. How you tell your story. Is it, this is what I did, this is how I changed it. This is where I am now. Or this is what I'm going through. I'm finding it difficult, but I will have this outcome. So putting your uh, stake in the ground. Make sense? Thank you, Corey. And now there's a question from uh, Karif. He says, how to stop fortune teller inside our head, which always creates anxiety about tomorrow. Right, so that's, again, you know, all of these are, honestly and truly, all of these are things that, that coaching addresses very, very well. So uh, the way to do that is by, by journaling the vision that you want to see in your head. And I know what you mean, because it's like, it's like, you know, say, say for example, you, um, you're hoping to get a client on board, right? And you can start this narrative in your head that goes, they're not going to buy from me. They're not going to buy from me. Sorry, Sonny, we're feeding back a little bit. Would you mind just muting your mic for a second? Thank you very much. So yeah, so the fortune teller that like there's the negative one and the positive one, you know, there, there's, there are lots and lots and lots of techniques for this. But one of them is, you know, if you imagine you're driving in the car and this fortune teller is sitting next to you and they're going meh, 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 and you go, okay, all right, Johnny, get in the back, get in the back. Or, you know, the fortune teller that things are going to go wrong is, you know, the, the psycho parrot on your shoulder. Bye. You know, and these physical metaphors really do help. These physical things, psycho parrot, be quiet, go away, off. And then, you know, to strengthen your vision for what you want to happen so much 
through journaling and writing out your vision, strengthening, strengthening it so much that there isn't room for the negative story. I hope that helps. There's one question from Sinta. She says that is, is what you've been sharing similar to the law of attraction that creating your life and you'll get what you think in a positive way. Yes, it, it is absolutely similar to the law of attraction, but the law of attraction has so many different, uh, means so many different things to, to, to so many people. So let me describe it for you in a different way. Um, you know, of course, there's this, this idea of what you think about, you bring about, but, but our brains are, are kind of stuck in, you know, they, they get stuck in these patterns. And so it's undoing these patterns, which, which um, techniques like meditation and chanting and breathing, all those things can help you overcome that. So the way I see it is that this version of you that's already successful, happy, fulfilled, and that's revealed the things you want to reveal already exists. And that what we perceive is a linear separation from that person there in the future and who we are now. And the more we can get ourselves into the energy of our future self, which isn't really in the future because it already exists, the cause already exists in our life, the more we can feel that energy, the more quickly we draw the right circumstances towards us. And if you want me to really grossly oversimplify that, think about the way that you, if you say you're going into a, a room full of people, into a party, and you walk in and you're like this, what do you think is gonna happen as opposed to if you walk in and you're like, wow, this is fun, I'm gonna go meet some people. So that's, you know, we have these, these energetic choices and I'm not saying it's, it's necessarily, um, I'm, I'm, I, it does require work. It does require work to get yourself into that energetic space or, or I should say it, it requires application so it does require something that as busy people, we possibly don't do enough of, which is sitting and taking a journey through your consciousness into the future expanded version of yourself. So that's all I wanna say about that, Sunny. Corey, do you mind sharing with us about your meditation practice? Because I find that when my mind is too full of negativity or fear, or when I'm being very hard on myself, it helps when I have some kind of a meditation practice. I've also been meditating for 20 years and I see that you, have, you are following a Buddhist practice for 30 years. Maybe you can share with our audience one or two tools that could help them, especially in such situations when we are overwhelmed with fear or maybe somebody has put us down and we are having a hard time overcoming that Okay, so um, I'll give you a couple. My personal one, I'm a Nichiren Buddhist, so I chant. I chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. I chant, interestingly, different from meditation, I chant with my eyes open. 
And if you are not part of the practice, you chant to a, a blank wall because you're engaging with life. You're engaging with the sound of the practice. So nam myoho renge kyo, nam myoho renge kyo, nam myoho renge kyo. Now you don't have to be a Buddhist to chant. You, it, it shouldn't really necessarily go against anything you're doing. You're repeating a mantra, which is to do with um, the law of life which is, you know, causality in the universe. So nam myoho renge kyo. And honestly and truly, if you want to know more about that, please reach out to me because I, I don't want, I, I don't think there's time here to go into a full explanation of that. Um, but we do have regular online meetings. In fact, there's one tonight, but you'll all be asleep. So um, it's at eight o'clock this evening, UK time. So if you want to know more about that, I can definitely teach you obviously no charge to teach you something as fabulous and important as that. Um, in terms of other meditations, I think just a, for me, a grounding exercise, which is putting both feet on the floor, sitting with my eyes closed and uh, closed and really feeling my energy connect with the earth. So, you know, really feeling my bottom on the chair, my feet on the ground and, 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 you know, extending the roots from my feet out into the ground and wrapping around this, the energy at the center of the earth, so the core of the earth, and then um, opening to universal energy. I see it as like a portal opening. This is me, this is how I do it, okay? A portal opening and letting light flood in and it's a sort of purification so that I'm, I have a, a vertical connection to what you might call source and a connection to earth, which is also an energy. So that's the way I do it. Um, that's that's a second way you can do it. Um, a third way, a really easy way is just connecting to your breathing, just listening to your breathing. And you know, there again, there are different, different ones. You can breathe into your heart space. That's one of them. Some people like to breathe into their core and imagine a, a light sparkly energy um you know and then there's the tantric tantric practice which is a little bit more out there which is breathing into your yoni they call it so that's that's something i know less about but i think it's a great practice as well um so yeah that's that's it really i mean there's so many ways if you're really struggling i would just go on you know either contact me about the buddhist chanting or you can go on YouTube and look up any guided meditation. Also, sorry, two more. Headspace is an app and Calm is an app. They're both fabulous and they're like really cheap. Thank you, Corey. Uh, we have with us Anthony King, James Day. I would invite Anthony to please unmute and please share with us what you have written in the chat so that Corey still has a bit of interaction with someone else other than me. So Anthony, if you don't mind, would you like to unmute, please? I believe I have done that. Thank How you. How are you hearing, Corey? Hi, nice to meet you, Anthony. Uh, like yourself, the sun is shining here as well. I'm just a few miles north of you, so uh, yeah, we're right. in the same time zone. Um, yeah, the question, I know this is a male interfering here with the female group of Britcham, and thank you very much for the invite. One of the aspects, and I think for the, for the uh, 
female participants here, it would be quite a, an interesting observation from your side. We're seeing a lot of um, pressure now for board of directors to have a certain number of females or colored blacks or disability people in the composition of the board. Do you believe that that is something which is uh, now the future going or it's something where the female should actually earn the right to be on those boards? I know we're having, if you go historically, you have the male preserve in the background, but we're looking to the future here. So is it a right or is it something to be earned? And if it's something to be earned, how do you and your, um, your thought processes direct the, the ladies who are attending and other people into moving on to those boards of directors or roles of importance? First of all, I, I, it's not something that I personally, it's not something that's in my realm of expertise, I'll be really honest with you, but if you just want my opinion, my opinion is that of course there should be equality in the workplace. That just seems completely obvious to me. Should it be earned? Absolutely, but absolutely, but you do need to bear in mind, and I, I would say this is something I feel about the Black Lives Matter um, movement. I work two days a week in a very impoverished area of London where when you walk down the street, you can literally feel in the energy, the disempowerment, the heaviness of the energy and the just the desperation. And I don't think that it's been a level playing field for all people in the world because of things like economic, if we're talking about, um, you know, the, <coughs> black, the black community. So I don't think there have been equal opportunities and I do think it's something we need to address and I do th think it's systemic. It, it's not that it's, um, I'm not suggesting it's deliberate, although I'm sure in some cases it is, there is a bit of a protect what we have going on. But there are two aspects. One is, should you earn the right? Do, do you, if a woman can learn the job, why wouldn't she be given the opportunity to do it if she can learn the job? And if she previously hasn't been given those opportunities, why not? Um, I think diversity is really important. There's, there's the way I see what's going on in the world at the moment, more broadly speaking, Anthony, and this is, this is my, my shtick, this is my view, is we have schisms going on everywhere. So America, Republican or Democrat, you know, Black Lives Matter or this one, you know, feminism or this, you know, and I think that that it, that in order to have a really successful society, we need to be more integrated and we need to be considering each other's ideas. Now, I can't, I can't say every board of directors should have more females on it because I'm not familiar with the company. It, it would be a case by case thing, but I do think we need to be broadening our minds 
around this, this narrative and talk to each other about what's going to look healthy. There's a really brilliant book called Rebel Ideas by Matthew Syed, who talks about this, and who talks about these, this polarization, these dichotomies, these splits in thinking, and how dangerous they are. And how, you know, he talks about how the fact that the CIA was comprised mainly of white, uh, upper middle class, well-educated, you know, Harvard educated males type, that, that demographic when 9-11 happened was the cause of it happening. One of the causes of, of it not being, sorry, not the cause of it happening, but it, it not being stopped because people saw this little man in a cave, Osama bin Laden, and they thought, well, he's just a silly little man in a cave, not understanding the religious significance of this holy man in a cave and how powerful that could have been to the recipients. So the, the people he was broadcasting his message to, had there been more diversity in the team, that catastrophe may have been averted. And I think that the importance of women in the workplace cannot be overstated because we, you know, we are the nurturers, we are the child bearers. And if we're not included in this, and if we're, you know, if, if it's like one space for the guys and one space for the girls, well, how's that working out so far? Not great. Not great. So do I think that you should just hire someone who has no merit? Of course not. But I think creating, uh, again, I'm going to use the word bridge for women to have more um, impact on a board of directors. Yeah, why not? Why not would be my question. D does that help? I, I was trying. Uh, yes, I mean, the answer there is it's one which is uh, very debatable, but it's really for the ladies who are listening in here to see that the glass ceiling actually has broken or is being broken, but it's not an automatic right. It still has to be something that is is earned and is actually you're showing yourself to be equal and deserving of that. So it was really just to foment something from what you were saying earlier into today's global society and what's happening. Yeah. So thank you for that. And thank you. Thank you for asking the question. And yes, it does, of course, things need to be earned, but but the, the opportunity to earn them has to be even as well. So if you have rules that automatically exclude women, then that's not going to work. Um, or make it harder for women, that's not going to work either. So yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you think the glass ceiling has been broken. I don't work in corporate, so I'm talking in very general. Um, I'm talking about beliefs. I'm talking about mm -hmm. fundamental beliefs and fundamental rights. Thank you, Corey. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Anthony and Corey. And on that note, we're going to end. And uh, I'm just going to pick a few points, Corey, as you mentioned, that uh, yes, uh, you know, this year COVID has been uh, a crisis year, but as the Chinese and, you know, the word crisis in Chinese is also a word for opportunity. So for those of us who have chosen to make changes in our lives, I hope that today's session will add and have given you more tools 
for preparing for 2021. And that was the aim of organizing this uh, webinar today to help you, to connect you with Corey and also to help you actually introspect because I think we spend a lot of time listening and doing a lot of um, social media and not enough time on our own or even evaluating ourselves. And sometimes that is more important because that is what is our basis. And I hope that for those of you who haven't done so, please follow um, the, what Corey suggested earlier. Please write to yourself a letter, see how you write your story about yourself. And if you need to rewrite it, please do. Because I really believe that if we can be positive and encouraging and happy about who we are, we will bring that everywhere we go. Because you know that feeling about the glass ceiling, it's also about our personal glass ceiling. So what is your personal glass ceiling? Are you setting yourself up with too little expect, uh, expectations or very uh, low uh, goals? Or are you actually raising the bar and realizing that the potential is who you wanna be? So there are so many tools out there as well as within. So let's use them. And meditation is definitely one of them. And of course, coaching, sports. So whoever it is, wherever you are, please reach out, share, take what you've learned today and share it with the friends you have, with your colleagues at work. and. I hope to see you next year in 2021 at another seminar or another webinar with our group. And please stay in touch. Let us know if you would like to be on our mailing list. And thank you so much for your time today. And for those who are celebrating, season's greetings, Merry Christmas. And I really, really wish you all a wonderful end to 2020. And may we all have an open mind because I think 2021 is going to bring us a lot of new changes and it will require us to really be powerful and be open-minded and to be ready with whatever that the world and whatever nature or this pandemic is giving us. So thank you again. Thank you to the team of Britcham without whom this webinar would not have been possible. They have been an amazing team because they've helped me to bring our offline events online. Thank you to Tammy, to Asti, and everybody at the Bridgem office, even though they're working from home. Thank you to Corey. Corey, because I found you at the right time, you know, because normally I'm very positive, very gung-ho as I am right now, and you helped me to get back on track, to see that I was off track for a while, but I'm very much on track again. Happy to help, happy to serve, and please, Stay in touch and thank you again. And goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you thank very you. much, everyone. Would you like to say any last few words, Corey? Just to say thank you so much for this opportunity. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I wish you all fantastic, um, fantastic holiday. Thank you, Sony, for connecting with me and reaching out. I'm really glad to see that some of you found it of value and um, yeah get in touch you, you've got my contact details if you want to have a further conversation but thank you to all of you for putting this on um it's just great to have people gathering and lifting each other up <laughs>